areas of first things first. I looked at the worship person. I looked at the church person. And today I want to look at the giving person. I know some of you are like, oh my gosh, talking about money. All right. We don't talk about that a lot, okay? And uh, a lot of times when a pastor speaks on money, it's because there is none. I want you to understand something that is not while I'm speaking on that. We are a tremendously blessed church financially, okay? I'm speaking on the subject of giving and being a giving person because it's a biblical principle that I must preach as a pastor and we must hear as his kids. It is a biblical principle that is taught in the Word of God. And you cannot be a New Testament church if you're not preaching the principle of giving. You just can't. And I cannot be a pastor of any worth if I don't teach the principle as well. And I teach it this morning not to beat you up. I'm not, I don't have a Louisville slugger with me while I'm teaching it. I'm teaching it out of love. I'm teaching just the principle of giving. And so uh, this morning I want to look at first things first. Because I think it's important to keep first things first. And that is I'm, I'm a worship person. I'm a church person. And I'm a giving person. I want to look at three areas that you hear in the church. Uh, I hear them often. You hear them often. Sometimes when we hear them. We hear all three of these words, and we make them all one, and they're not all one, okay? And so I don't want to, I I want first to teach the three words in a way to help clarify that, because in the church sometimes we can do damage by speaking church words when we don't truly understand the church word first, and the people around us don't truly understand the church church word. So first I want to speak of the word tithe, a tithe, called a tenth part. Okay, it's a biblical word. Okay, the tithe is a tenth. It's a tenth of your income. It's a tenth of what God gives you. Let's just say you make a hundred dollars and you want to give a tithe. If you give 50 cents, that's not a tithe. If you give a dollar, that's a tithe. And you can extravagate the math out from there. Okay, if you're a tither, it's 10 percent. Okay, if you don't give 10 percent, you can call yourself a giver. God's goal is that a giver becomes a tither. Does that make sense? Okay, a giver is someone that just gives. Okay, it can be sometimes randomly. Okay, you can just come and give, and your offering plate comes by, and you go, here's $100. There was no thought to the $100. It's just you had $100. You give. You can't be a giver, and if you're only a giver, you can't be a tither. That makes sense? A tither is a 10% giver, okay? If you're not giving 10%, you're a giver, okay? Now, the tither is not better than the giver. You can't go to your neighbor and go, <laughs> I'm a tither, you're a giver, okay? Now, listen to me. If you want to wear those tennis shoes, you can, but I'm, don't point the finger, okay? So don't do that. But what I want you to understand is sometimes we call ourselves tithers when we're really givers, Okay? The gold is for the believer to be a tither, okay? And we'll talk more about that principle in a little bit. So you have the tithe, then you have the giver, then you have an offering, okay? Now, the offering is on top of the tithe. That makes sense? So if you tithe, and I'll teach it in a little bit, if you tithe to the church 
and you still want to give on top of the tithe in an area of building or submissions all over the world, that's an offering. That's on top of the tithe. It's over and above the tithe. It's 11%, 12%, 15%, 20%. But you can't take your tithe and give it as an offering. Jesus said, I've got one location for the tithe, and it's my house. That's, that's what he said. You say, well, preacher, I don't agree with that. That's okay. Listen, you're not agreeing or disagreeing with me. I'm good with that. I'm, I'm fine. I'm just telling you that the Bible says there's a location for the tithe, and it is in his house. Okay, that's it. What you do after that, you can give. You can give to save a well. You can give whatever you want to give to. I don't care. You can give and get a hanky and wave it around. All this other stuff. That's fine. You can do all that stuff. All right. But you bring your tithe to the house. And I want to say one more thing before I jump. Please, for the love of Jesus, never try to send a message with your tithe. Can I just, you just need to know that. that. I've been in this a long time, and I've literally sat across from a table from people who are born again child of the king, bought by the blood of the land, and home is in heaven. And they don't like what's going on in a certain area, and they designate their tithe to send a message. Mm. That is just about as biblically wrong as you can get. There's no way outside of Scripture, there's no way in Scripture you can justify that. There's nothing that you can do that makes that right. None. And you can be as passionate about that as you want to, but never send a protest vote with your tithe. That's wrong, man. That's just wrong. Don't do that, okay? I go to Malachi. I want to look at some verses in Malachi. I know y'all are like, oh, my gosh, this subject just drives me crazy, okay? You're okay, Take a deep breath, okay? Breathe, okay? I can just look at your faces like, oh, he's beady, beady today. I'm not beating you, okay? All right, look at Malachi, all right? Look at Malachi, chapter 3, Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. I know you're looking at the subheading going, oh, my goodness, look at the subheading of this, all right? It's called robbing God. We'll deal with that in a second, okay? All right? Malachi 3, look at verse 6. I, the Lord, do not change. You just need to underline that right there. I mean, some, somebody came just for that. I, the Lord, do not change. Listen to what he says. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not, have, have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how do we return? Well, you look at two things. I, the Lord, do not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will not change. He can be trusted then. He can be trusted today. He will be trusted in the future. He will never, ever let you down. He will not start breaking promises with you. He's not a promise breaker. All right? I, the Lord, do not change. But you ask, how do we return? You say, well, I've been away from the Lord. How do you return to the Lord? One of the areas that God wants you to return to him is he wants you to return to him in the area of surrendering your checkbook and your money to him. 
You can get out of God's will in the area of tithing. When you get out of God's will in the area of tithing, there's other areas of your life that will quickly get out of God's will. It's not because I say it. It's because the Word says it. Listen to me. You, that is a very important thing to God. Extremely important to God. And when you get away from Him in this area, you open the door to other things. I'm not saying you're going to walk in all the doors. I'm just saying you're going to open the doors to those. Okay? The Lord does not change, but you ask, how do we return? And we need to keep going in Malachi. Look at verse 8. Will a man rob God? Hmm. This is a tough question. I don't care how you read it. Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, and there may be food in your house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so many blessings that you will not have room enough for it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and vines in the fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord. Then all the nations will call call you blessed, and yours yours will be delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. That question, will you rob God, is like, seriously? I mean, no, I'm not going to rob God. But he says, you're robbing me when you're not bringing me the tithe. Now, that's a, I mean, that is an in-your-face statement, but that's what he says. You're robbing me when you don't bring me your tithe. The tithe is not your money. You need to know that. The tithe is not your money. Don't spend it on something else and don't give it where you want it to be. You can't just put it wherever. The tithe has a location, okay? It is the house of the Lord, okay? It is His. That is His from the beginning. You can't use His money. If you Use his, you're robbing him. You're robbing him. You say, well, I'm not robbing him. It just doesn't fit my personal budget right now. Listen to me. I have said that, I have said that, I have said that. I promise you. Listen, you pinch me, I'm screaming, okay? I have said there's more month than money. This is not going to make sense. I can't make the math right. I can't do this. This is not going to work. They're going to come get my car, get my kids, get my house, okay? I understand that in the world's view and in man's eyes, in that principle, it does not make sense. I get that. But we don't live by the arrangements of this world. We live by the arrangements of the Word and His world. I am in this world, but I'm not under this world. I'm not subject to this world, okay? I'm an authority by God in this world, operating a principle that's not of this world. It doesn't have to make sense to everybody. I remember when I first got in ministry, I was in ministry several years, and my brother called me one time. He said, hey, man, does the church pay you? Mm Mm-hmm. 
So you get paid from the church, yes. But, but I remember you telling me that you tithe. I do tithe. So you pay yourself. What? I said, what are you talking about? He says, well, have you ever thought that whatever the church pays you, let's say they pay you 50000 but you tithe 5000 shouldn't they pay you fifty five to make up the difference? I said, Brian, I love you, brother, but you're looking at this totally from the world, okay? Totally from the world, all right? Yes, the church pays me, but my tithe isn't mine to start with. It's his. I'm just giving back what's his. I mean, I'm just giving back what's his. Listen, Brian, if I don't tithe, okay, my family is under the curse, and the church I lead is under the curse. I got to tithe. It's a biblical principle, and I can't be excused from that. He's not going to rewrite this just because I was hatched. It's a biblical principle. All right. Let's look at three things real fast. Number one, giving matters to God because he is the ultimate giver. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We're, we're never more like Jesus than when we're giving. He's the ultimate giver. You want to really look like Christ? You want to really be like Christ? Then be a giver. Then be a tither. That's what you, you're never going to be more like him then. He set the example. God gave you and me 100% on the cross. On this side of the cross, he only asked for 10%. That's a good deal, man. He gave me 100% and only asked now for 10. He said, Jeff, if you give me 10, I'll do more with that 10% than you could ever think or imagine. And you'll pay more bills with 90% than you could ever do with 100 he said, preacher, you're, you're, you're really losing it, all right? I'm just telling you right now, you try that, okay? You try that. God is the ultimate giver. Giving matters to God because he is a giver. Number two, our giving, habit, our giving habits reveal our heart for God. I want you to go to Psalms. Go to Psalms 51. Psalms 51. Look at verse 16, 17. Psalm 51, 16 and 17. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. Listen to me. Giving is a heart thing. When God has your whole heart, God has your whole giving. Giving is not a matter of funds. It is a matter of the heart. Giving is not a matter of funds. It is a matter of the heart. Listen to me. You, you have got to understand the principle you start doing this, and you keep doing this, no matter how tough, no matter how hard it gets. And I promise you that you're going to see the hand of God in your life like you've never seen it before. 
You say, well, if I give 100,000, 100,000 and 50, going to fall in my backyard? Most likely not. And if it does, I hope I'm there before it lands because I'm going to get most of it. All right? I'm going to outrun you. Okay? That's not the principle. You're not chasing what you give. Don't do that. You give. You give to the kingdom. You give to something bigger than you. And God will give back to you in ways you cannot think or imagine. There's a ton of ways God gives that back. It's not just monetarily. We need to go to Matthew's gospel. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Look at verses 19 through 21. Matthew 6, 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I promise you. Where you store up treasures, that's where your heart will be. Listen to me. It will, if you're chasing the things that the world says chase, you will never, ever, ever catch them. There won't be a bad enough truck for you, fast enough boat, sweet enough gun, big enough house. There will never be nothing that you can catch that will do it for you. I promise you this. You think you're going to scratch that itch and it's going to go away. You scratch that itch and it will continue to itch and itch and itch and itch and itch and itch. And you will die of a heart attack itching. You won't catch it. Quit scratching the world stuff and start pursuing the God stuff. You got to stop playing the game, believer. You don't fit in that world. You look weird. I was weird when I chased it. You're weird when you chase it. It doesn't fit. doesn't fit good in the gut. doesn't feel good in the gut. You get it, and two weeks later, you got to get more. This is the fashion now. i got to get it now. It's on sale now. Trust me, everything's on sale when you buy it. you got to get it. You're going to get it, and you're not satisfied. You're going to get more. you got to get more. you got to get more. you got to get more. Why? Because the enemy's designed it that way. And if you start paddling down that river, you're going to have to paddle faster and faster because you're never going to get there. Do not bite on that bait. You bite that bait, and I promise you there's a hook in that. There's a hook in that, and you find out way too late there's a hook in that. Do not chase the things of the world. I hear people all the time say, Preacher, I'm going to tell you right now, if I win that lottery, hmm. If I win that lottery, I'm going to give. Woo, I'm going to give like nobody ever gave. You know what I'm thinking? No, you're not. No, you're not. Because if that principle is not happening right now, it's not going to happen then. Listen to me. You make $100 a week, you're not giving 10 bucks right now, you're not going to give a million when you lend $100 million, $10 million. You're not going to do it. You're not. That's like saying, if I had their house, I'd clean it. <laughs> you ain't cleaning your house right now. You're not going to clean that big one, I promise you. Amen. If I had that truck, I'd take it to the car wash too. But since I don't, I don't care. Oh, no. You ain't going to change. You can't change like that. That's not how you operate. It's not who you are. You won't do that. Somebody's in here going, I've said that before. He read my mail. All right. 
you, that's not, that principle does not duplicate itself. You've got to become a man or woman that pursues God from a biblical standpoint of giving and tithing now. And when God gives you more, you'll do more with it. But if God gave you more before you adopted and mandate that principle, you're going to play with more. You're going to lose more. You will be able to say, I don't know where it went. All right? You've got to do it now. I love when I see high school and college kids tithe. Mm. Man, I love that. I love that, man. I love it. You know why I love that so much? Because, man, if they can adopt that principle and make that a part of their DNA today, oh, man, they'll be some kind of rich mom and daddy one day when they're raising their kids. I promise you. It's going to be a real tough day for you when your son or daughter climbs up in your lap and says, Mom and Daddy, how much do we tie to the church? Well, baby, Mom and Daddy are strapped with debt. We, we, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we have to pay for you. All right? When your kids see you giving, they will give. When they see you adopting the principles of storing up in treasures in heaven and not on the earth, they will duplicate that. I, I, I know this much. A man or woman who raises kids strapped with debt will probably have kids that are strapped with debt. I mean, when Dave Ramsey tells his testimony of how he got out from under that bondage, he just repeated what his parents did. That's what we do. Most things growing up is caught, not taught. And we see it. Don't chase after stuff. Chase after Jesus. Chase after biblical things. Store up in your, for your life things in heaven, not on earth. Not on earth. Trust me, man, I do a lot of funerals. Never sat with anybody right before they passed away and said, I got to go home and mow my yard, preacher. I got to go home and wash my car. I got to go home and clean my house. You know what they say? Can you bring me my kids? Can you bring me my family? Those things, man, that's what's important, not all that other stuff. Number three, God will not share his throne we cannot serve God and money. Look at Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I know you're sitting there saying, preacher, I don't have a lot of money. I don't either, so I wrote out beside mine stuff. I can't serve both God and stuff. My stuff will keep me from God. Okay? Be careful that your stuff doesn't keep you from God. Keep first thing, first thing. He will not share his throne. He must be first. He must be first. Malachi 3, 10. Look at that again, the first part of that. Malachi 3, 10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. That there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. God said, test me in this. Listen to me. There is nowhere else in Scripture you will find God asking you to test him in any other area. Nowhere else in Scripture will you ever read the words, test me in this. I'm going to tell you this. If he said, test me in this, and he's never said it again, 
You better test him in this because if you test him in this, he is going to bless you in this. He is trying to tell you without just telling you and drawing a picture, if you will do this principle, I got something for you that I can't tell you about, but you're going to get to see it if you do it. Test me. Test me. I promise you, man, you'll go into this, and your faith and your God will be this big. When you come out on the other side of this, your faith and your God will be this big. Oh, my gosh. I've seen this firsthand in my own personal life. My own personal life, man. You got to keep the main thing the main thing. You got to keep first first, okay? Matthew 6, 15 says this. But what about you, Jesus asked. Who do you say I am? Mm. Who do you say I am? There is no other evidence in anything in your life than you saying who he really is by when you say it with your tithe. You say, well, I love Jesus. Honky, if you love Jesus, got me a shirt. I got me a fish on the back of my car, all that stuff. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. That tire will not leave a mark on the street. Dude, listen to me. When you sit here with some bills, and you sit here and you go, mm, first fruits, not leftovers, first fruit. Honey, we're going to do the Bible. Just going to do the Bible. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not confident. I'm not, I'm not sure. Help my unbelief, God. I, I'm weak. But I know I got to, I got, baby, we've committed to this. And we got to keep doing it. There's testimony sitting all out in here. There's more here than what's here. And you're thinking there's no way I can write that check. If you'll write that check and pay these bills, something happens in here that's supernatural. And somehow, some way, there's not a knock on the door. We need the keys to that truck. That doesn't come. That doesn't come. God does something that's just incredible, man. He's just God. He says, you test me, and I will blow you away. I'll blow you away. I'll blow you away. So here's what I want to ask you to do for me. You say, preacher, are we hurting? We're not hurting. We need money? Nope. You don't need money. All right. I mean, church and loans crazy. We adopt a budget in December, a little over a million dollars. <laughs> And I'll start making house payments, and my staff starts making house payments and all this other stuff. Can I just tell you this? We have a budget that is a ghost. It doesn't even exist. It's not even there. We just, it's not there. I mean, if the business world saw the principles, the, the, the biblical model and principle of the church, they'd go, y'all, y'all crazy. It's not even there. Well, how much money you got in the bank? You got this in the bank? Nope. Well, where's it going to come from, people? How you know they're coming? We don't know. How you know, how you know they're going to give? We don't know. You're crazy. Can't operate like that. Mm-hmm. God says operate that way. And we do. And we are blessed. Okay? We don't have a money problem. We don't need money. I'm not teaching this to get more out of you. I'm teaching this principle so you can be a part of it. It's a lot more fun to be on the field sweating and bleeding and climbing and clawing and fighting. And when you win, that just tastes good. 
He said, well, you ought to sit in the stands and drink hot chocolate. It feels good there, too. It feels good, but not quite as good. All right? Some of y'all are like, yeah, that feels real good. Feel real good. It don't, that smell, I don't have that smell either. That, hey, that smell is beautiful. It's kind of like some nights out here, you know, that smell is like, that stinks. So that's a cowboy going, no, that's money, honey. You, you know the smell of money? That, that's money. You don't smell money, honey? That's money. I think it stinks. Okay, but, but listen to me. When you're in it, when you got skin in it, it just feels better. And one of the beautiful things about this church is the number of people that are involved in giving. I love that. It's all about volume. Volume is the key. But listen to me. Who's not in? Who's in and can do more? Who wants in and says, I've been doing the same amount for four years. It's time for me to trust God with a little bit more. Who wants more? So here's my challenge as a pastor to you. The remaining days of 2017, however how many those are, I didn't count them up. The rest of 17, here's what I want you to say every single day. Test me. Test me. I'm going to give the remaining of 17 like I've never given before. All right. I've never been a tither, Pastor, but I'm going to try. I'm going to do it and see what happens. All right. I've never given, but I'm going to start giving. I give this much, I'm about 5%, I'm going to go to 7, or I'm going to go to 8, or I'm at 8, I'm going to go to 10, or I'm at 10, and I'm going to go to 11, all right? Whatever it is, I want God to stretch you this morning. I want you to take him up on his challenge that says, test me, test me, just test me. All right, God, I'm going to test you, all right? I want you to test him and see what he does. You say, you're just trying to sneaky, say little things to get more money out of me. No, I'm not. It's not what I'm doing. I'm not not that guy, okay? I can't sell bark off a tree. There's some people that can. I can't, all right? I'm just telling you, if you'll just commit yourself to a biblical principle, you'll see biblical results, all right? Malachi 3b, here's what's going to happen if you do it. Malachi 3b, I mean 310b. Malachi 3.10, the B part of that, second half of that. Here's what's going to happen in your life. Not because I say this, because God said. And see if I, I being God, will not throw open floodgates from heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. How many want some of that? I promise you, God, anytime you want to, you take that barn house over there, and you can throw open the floodgates of heaven, I ain't telling you, dump it on me. Just dump it on me. Well, Jeff, I would, but you're not doing the first part. I know you want more, but you're not doing your part. Well, God, I'm about to do my part, and I'm going to test you and see if your word's true. Just take him up on it. If he's scared, say he's scared. All right? Just take him up on it. He says, test me, test him, and see if he doesn't throw open the floodgates of heaven. Last thing is this. Faith honors God, and God honors faith. Faith honors God, and God honors faith. Church, little church, first things first. You are a worship person. You are a church person, 
and you are a giving person. First things first, my friends. Wherever you are in the area of giving, do more. Test him and see. If you don't start doing it, he doesn't bless you. He will bless you. He will open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so many blessings on you, you cannot, you will not have room for it. So do it, all right? I'm going to invite our worship team to come up as we move to a time of invitation. Word's pretty simple. I want you to take God up on what he asks. God says, test me. Test me, church. You just simply where you're at individually, as a husband and wife, just say, God, for the rest of 17, for the rest of 17, I'm going to take you up on your word. I'm going to test you and see. I want to see if you will open the floodgates of heaven. I want to do more. Stretch my faith, grow my faith. I want, I want to do more. All right, let's pray together. Father, this morning, God, we are giving people. But we give because you first gave. God, I pray for the couple, the family, the individual. God, that you right now are pricking their heart saying, do more. Give more. Trust me with more. Commit to more. Test me in this and see if I don't throw back the windows of heaven and the floodgates will just pour out on you. So God, we want to honor you with our lives. Every part of our lives. And no part of our lives honor you more than the area of giving. God, I pray that you will make us a men or women, a person of faith. Because faith honors God, and God honors faith. God, as we stand in just a second for invitation, God, I pray you move us. Maybe for salvation, maybe for church membership, maybe just couples and families at the altar saying, this is going to become a principle of ours from this day forward. Now, whatever you want to do, you do. For your glory and your glory only, in Christ's name.